This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Gabby's parents. Their first interview since Gabby's body was found. The message to her fiancé. We're asking you to turn yourself in. And the let it be tattoo they've all gotten in tribute to Gabby and singer R. Kelly's ex-wife speaks out. My heart breaks as a mother because this is now the legacy that my children will have to deal with and their children's children. And exclusive. Did the dog whisperer's pit bull attack this young lady? It pretty much ended my career. Did the same dog also kill Queen Latifah's beloved dog? Then shut them down. The rising uproar against fraternities. And the swanky neighborhood, now covered in graffiti. It's incredibly frustrating for us. Is it a return to the bad old days? Have you ever been arrested or gotten a ticket? No. Then, Real Housewives star's medical mystery. I was having problems with my stomach. I was having problems with my eyes. What was making her feel so lousy that brought her to the OR? Plus, baby doll Brittany. You look just like each other. Is she sending a secret message? Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Brian Laundrie's parents are speaking out through their lawyer, trying to combat public perception that they conspired to help their son evade authorities. They deny that, and they say they have no idea where he is. And the family of Gabby Petito is speaking, too, talking with reporters for the first time since her body was identified. And they have a direct message for Brian. Stephen Fabian has details. United by grief, Gabby Petito's family spoke out today as authorities continued to search for her fugitive fiancé. Her parents and step-parents showed off new matching tattoos, a flower in a triangle designed by Gabby, and her favorite motto, let it be, in her handwriting. Their attorney, Richard Stafford, denounced Laundrie's parents and called on Brian Laundrie to turn himself in. The Laundries did not help us find Gabby. They're sure is not going to help us find Brian. For Brian, we're asking you to turn yourself in. The grief is still raw for Gabby's mom. We actually got behind a car yesterday, and there was um, a Wyoming sticker, and the, the letters were GBZ. Gabs. So Gabs. <laughs> She's with us. She's with us. She's with us. Meanwhile, in Florida, Laundry's parents say they don't know where their son has gone. They were greeted by protesters at the home today. Their attorney, Steve Bertolino, said they are concerned about Brian and hope the FBI can locate him. He said speculation the parents helped him evade police is just wrong. Dog the Bounty Hunter is claiming there is surveillance video showing Laundry and his parents at this island campground off the Florida coast in early September. 
Camp records show Brian's mother, Roberta Laundrie, booked a waterfront campsite September 6th. Three people came in on the 6th and two people left on the 8th. I think he's been here for sure. The Laundrie's lawyer admitted they were there, but tells Inside Edition all three left on the 7th. Sightings about Laundrie's whereabouts are literally all over the map. John Walsh, host of In Pursuit, says he has tips showing Laundrie is hiding out in Mexico or the Bahamas or the Appalachian Trail. A new witness is coming forward to say he encountered Laundrie drinking alone at this Bullwinkles restaurant in Montana on August 26th, the night before Gabby was last seen alive. It was almost like he was sulking or, or mad or in deep thought about something. I really didn't pay him that much attention until he spoke up. And then it was aggressive and made a comment about stupid Southerners. Gabby's family said today they are relying on each other to get through this difficult time and say they will not rest until they get justice. R. Kelly issued a statement via social media today saying he's innocent and vowing to fight for his freedom. Advocates see the guilty verdict in his case as a victory for black women who are too often not believed when reporting abuse. But for R. Kelly's ex-wife and the mother of his three children, it's more complicated. She says she doesn't want his crimes to become her children's legacy. R. Kelly's ex-wife is speaking out today following his conviction on sex trafficking charges. My heart definitely goes out to the survivors and the courage that it takes to even come forward and tell the story. But my heart breaks as a mother because this is now the legacy that my children will have to deal with and their children's children. Drea Kelly had three children with the disgraced singer. They were married for 13 years, and she, like the other victims, says she was abused by him. You cannot walk away from your bloodline. I have the ability to separate and kind of distance myself from it, but his blood runs through my children's veins. It's a part of their DNA. They can't escape it even if they wanted to, so it's very difficult for me to sit in that position. Also speaking out following the verdict is Kitty Jones, another R. Kelly accuser. It was a relief, just a mix of emotions. I can't even begin to describe it. Lizette, who didn't want her last name used, spoke to Inside Edition along with her lawyer, Gloria Allred. Did you think this day would ever come? No, I didn't, but thankfully it has. I just want us to heal and to move forward and for him to sit with himself for the rest of his life in that cell. I think he deserves life in prison. And even that wouldn't be enough as far as I'm concerned. I believe I can fly. There's now the question of what happens to R. Kelly's songs. Variety Magazine's headline reads, Should R. Kelly's music be banned? His music still reportedly rakes in millions in royalties. If you want to listen to his music, you know that you're also potentially putting money in his pocket. Jesse Daniels and Tamara Simmons were executive producers on the damning Lifetime documentary, Surviving R. Kelly, which is available on demand. What should happen with R. Kelly's music? I think that's, you know, everyone's personal preference. I mean, of course, my preference is to take it all down. Um, because a lot of the songs and lyrics that he wrote were pertaining to what he was doing to these women. Kelly faces up to life in prison when he's sentenced. That'll be in May. The fight over requiring workers to get a COVID vaccine is likely to heat up this week as new deadlines go into effect across the country. As Amber Cagliano reports, people angry about the mandates are now taking it to the street. 
anti-vax protesters took to the streets of Manhattan as vaccine mandates went into effect. All healthcare workers in New York State must now be vaxxed or face termination. Thousands reportedly rushed to get a last-minute shot to beat the deadline. But 80,000 hospital and nursing home employees remain unvaccinated and now are in danger of getting fired. Nurse Teresa Malik has been placed on leave from her job at Erie County Medical Center in upstate New York. Why don't you want to get vaccinated against COVID? Because of my concerns for the long-term effects, which we don't know. She's relocating to Atlanta, where there is no vaccine mandate. Come Friday, thousands of New York City school employees also face the axe if they refuse to get vaxxed. For anyone who has not gotten a dose by Friday at 5 p.m., after all the encouragement, all the support, all the incentives, we're going to then assume you're not coming to work Monday morning. New York City's vaccine mandates may also sideline a major basketball star. Slam! Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets has been locked out of his home arena, the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, where you have to show proof you're vaccinated to get in. He appeared on Zoom at the team's Media Day Monday and refused to say whether he's vaccinated or not. I appreciate your questions, bro. Honestly, I, I like to keep that stuff private. I would love to just keep that private. Please just, just respect my privacy. Vaccines in mass are also required at all Broadway shows, as we saw at the Tony Awards. Everyone here is vaxxed and tested and everyone is wearing a mask. Every Broadway theater is going to look like this for a while, and that's okay. And now theaters in other states are requiring masks, too. This guy was hauled out of a performance of Hamilton in Arizona after he refused to wear a mask. <sighs> Meanwhile, Cheryl Burke's positive COVID test did not stop her and partner Cody Rigsby from competing on Dancing with the Stars last night. How are you feeling? You know, I'm feeling okay, and I'm just grateful that I got vaccinated, so I know it could have been way worse. They joined the show via Zoom and were judged on a practice performance. It was shot last week before Cheryl's positive COVID test. And it was good enough to keep them in the competition. Cody and Cheryl. Cheryl says she hopes to be back on the show just as soon as she's done with quarantine. Cesar Milan has become famous as the dog whisperer, the man who can tame the most untrainable dogs. But now he's being sued, accused of having a pit bull that bit humans and even killed Queen Latifah's dog. This young woman says she was attacked by Cesar Milan's dog and bitten so badly she had to give up her dream of being an Olympic gymnast. It pretty much ended my career. She also alleges that the same dog, named Junior, killed Queen Latifah's dog. Lydia Mattis, now 19, says she had been honing her gymnastic skills since she was five. Gymnastics was my entire world. Lydia says her mom worked at Cesar Milan's office here in Van Nuys as vice president of legal and business affairs. The day of the alleged attack, she says her mom picked her up at the gym and took her to Milan's office. She says Milan's dog was in the office, unsupervised. Junior is a pit bull Milan referred to as my best friend, Junior Milan. The dog was always at the dog whisperer's side. Had you seen Junior before? Yeah, I had seen Junior since my mom was working for Caesar. According to her lawsuit, Junior bit Lydia repeatedly on the legs, causing deep puncture wounds and lacerations. I tried going back to the gym after with hopes of returning to normal and getting my life back so that I could keep going with something I had put my entire life into. 
And it was pretty quickly obvious that that was not going to happen. And my leg is still pretty much numb to the touch uh, where I was bit. The lawsuit says Junior had a history of violence. In fact, it claims Junior mauled one of Queen Latifah's dogs to death. Mr. Milan covered up Junior's violence by instructing his staff to tell Queen Latifah and others that a car killed her dog. Milan has appeared on Queen Latifah's old talk show. She's now the star of the CBS hit, The Equalizer. The information we have is that Caesar Milan's dog attacked and killed Queen Latifah's dog. Our request to Milan and Queen Latifah for comment were unanswered. In court documents, Milan has denied all of Ms. Mattis's allegations. Another wave of protests against college fraternities, this time following allegations that some female students were served drinks that were spiked and then sexually assaulted at frat parties. A growing chorus is asking school officials to shut the frats down. Protests against fraternities are sweeping college campuses across the USA. At the University of Massachusetts Amherst, hundreds of fed-up students stormed this fraternity after an allegation that a sexual assault took place inside the house. Violence erupted as vehicles were flipped and bottles thrown at two frat boys. Sophomores Anna Morel Paletta and Ava Hawks organized the outcry but condemn the violence. What do you both want? out of these protests. We want suspension of all parties that are currently under investigation. At Syracuse, tempers flared as students swarmed outside frat houses, denouncing what they called fraternity rape culture. At the University of Kansas, demonstrators chanted and waved signs outside Phi Kappa Psi, following an allegation that a student was drugged and sexually assaulted inside the frat house. And last month at the University of Nebraska, multiple rallies took place outside this fraternity after a young woman reported she had been raped. Now there are calls to abolish Greek life altogether, but our expert says it's not that simple. I think that there are some fraternities that are very much trying to do what's right, and so I wouldn't want to punish them for the actions of other people. But this has been an ongoing concern for at least 100 years, so it's clearly something in the culture of fraternities themselves. The governing bodies of fraternities and sororities say there are roughly 750,000 members of college chapters. That's about 3% of the total college population. On Wednesday, Britney Spears has an important court date about her conservatorship. But today, she's raising eyebrows with a bizarre Instagram post. It may be Britney Spears' goofiest video in memory. Rocking and kissing a baby doll. Exclusive, we had a baby. What should we name her, jokes Britney's fiancé. Oh, look at that. You look just like each other. Britney quips, the baby can dance just like her mama. She's a natural like her mama. She's a natural like you. <laughs> Are they just playing house or is this really a cryptic oh, message? Brittany says she wants to get married and have a baby, like but was blocked by her conservatorship. Oh, look at that. You look just like each other. And we'll be back with more right after this. Next, the swanky neighborhood, now covered in graffiti. It's incredibly frustrating for us. Is it a return to the bad old days? Have you ever been arrested or gotten a ticket? No. Then... Real Housewives star's medical mystery. I was having problems with my stomach. I was having problems with my eyes. What was making her feel so lousy that brought her to the OR? Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back.
This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. These are not pictures of 1970s New York when crime was rampant and graffiti covered almost every inch of the city. This is now. Lisa Guerrero reports business owners are fed up with this stuff. Buildings covered in graffiti, entire blocks defaced. New York City's trendy Soho neighborhood, which boasts some of the highest commercial rents in the world, is under siege today by graffiti. It's incredibly frustrating for us. Small business owner Joan Arada runs Modern Acupuncture, which she says has become a constant graffiti target. It just got worse. And worse because now if when you look outside you can see graffiti on top of graffiti not far away from Soho we found Matteo Chamorro spraying away under the cover of darkness don't you get worried that you're gonna get arrested or get a ticket you're out here in public doing this like I said nobody's gonna get hurt this is an NYU building you know I, put, I feel like NYU put this here for me because this is like a canvas for me Graffiti is a misdemeanor in the city, punishable by a $1,000 fine. Have you ever been arrested or gotten a ticket? No. Really? Yeah. <laughs> You've been getting away with this for a long time. Yeah. Storekeepers are taking steps to stem the graffiti tide. We were there as police and volunteers helped paint it over. This is amazing. Joan is grateful for the help, but says it's only a matter of time before her store is vandalized again. As soon as we paint, then it's a clean slate. So people literally start spray painting the next day. So it's like we can never keep the building clean. When we come back, a medical mystery for a Real Housewives star. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. She's a Real Housewife star who says her implants made her sick. Now she's having them removed. Real Housewives of Orange County star Tamara Judge is opening up to Inside Edition about a medical mystery. I was having problems with my stomach. I was having problems with my eyes. I was having problems um, just remembering things. For the past year and a half, the 54-year-old reality star has undergone test after test to find out what was wrong. Every doctor that I went to, they would just say, like, 
everything's normal. After some research, the avid fitness buff wondered if her breast implants were making her sick. Everything that I was reading was pointing to breast implant illness. Tamara first got her set of implants at age 21. She since had five different surgeries. Sometimes she went bigger, other times she went smaller. But now she's made an important decision. It was time to have them removed for good. Her surgeon is Dr. Milind Ambe of Newport Beach, California. Any last minute jitters? I'm a, a little bit scared. I mean, scary to go underneath, but I, I know that I'm in good hands with Dr. Ambe and I'm excited to get them removed and get the recovery process going. The operation took about three hours. When it was over, Tamara was wheeled into recovery. The implants actually look normal. No issues with the implants. Two weeks later, it was time for a checkup. Hi, Dr. Ombe. How are you? I'm much better. Good. <laughs> but overall, I'm good. I feel great. So much better. She still looks great, and you can barely tell the difference. Her husband, Eddie, says he's pleased with the results. As soon as she got home from the hospital, I knew... I, I recognized something completely different in her, her disposition, her smile. I went from a D cup to a B cup and I'm a petite girl so I'm totally happy with that and I will never ever put implants back in my body. Last year more than 36,000 women had their implants removed. When we come back, a cautious little boy. Finally, he's not walking on that. This toddler is on a stroll when he comes across a glass bridge. Boy, is he skeptical. Forrest, come on. You get to walk on it. Little Forrest tries going backward one foot at a time. Come on, Forrest. <laughs> no thanks. I'm going this way. Can't say we blame you, Forrest. We'll see you tomorrow. If you like Inside Edition, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.